Psalm 100. I, I'm accused of not uh, saying the scripture enough. You got people that are moving about and sitting down and distracted, but Psalm 100. Let's pray, and then I'll introduce a passage. Father God, we are uh, truly, truly grateful to be here this morning, Lord. I know I say that a lot, but that ought to be the condition of our heart, a condition of thankfulness and gratitude. Lord, we know that um, unbelievers are distinguished, uh, according to Romans 1, as they weren't thankful. Lord, let us be thankful this morning. Let us, as we uh, are reminded of your goodness and your grace, let us think on these things, Lord, soberly as we ought. And Lord, let us render by our own mouths praise unto you, because you alone are worthy. Father, we just ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Psalm 100, we'll, we'll get there uh, momentarily, but you know, this month is the month of Thanksgiving, and uh, the ti I titled this message, Living in Thanksgiving, okay? So uh, I, I want to talk about uh, being thankful uh, unto the Lord for His goodness. Uh, we are all in here recipients of God's love, uh, His blessings, His grace, His gifts, and His mercy. In addition to that, we should be grateful for His enduring presence with us, right? Is God present with you presently? Like when you go home, is He still with you? Yes, uh, His presence. And here's another one we don't often think about, but for His truth, okay? If, if there's a really big thing we ought to get, we ought to get that God's truth dwells with us. That's an important thing. It ought to be something we're grateful for. Uh, and, and by the way, we could go on and think about God and all the things that uh, we benefit from because of Him, uh, and we could just make that list long, and we will. But uh, when you think about how giving uh, and gracious God is and how unworthy of His grace we are, look, we're not worthy. Nobody here is deserving it, right? The only proper response for us uh, is to offer thanks to Him and to praise His name. Amen? Would you say that? So I would say that uh, we could never do those things enough. We can't thank Him or praise Him enough. Uh, the Bible commands us, however, to be thankful and to praise Him. And God has set apart one day out of the week uh, that we would come together as the children of God in the Spirit of God over the Word of God and offer to Him thanksgiving and praise, worship, okay? This is both the Lord's will and His commandment in the Scripture, okay? We don't understand that. Now, this morning, I'd like us to take a look at some of the commands a, a little bit closer, and then I want the congregation uh, to come, or maybe we'll just pass the mic around, but then you can share an offering of thanksgiving within the congregation. We don't do that a whole lot, but uh, toward the end of this message, if there's something on your heart you'd like to publicly uh, proclaim and give God thanks for, you're going to be uh, able to do that here uh, pretty soon. So think on those things, and we'll just have a time of sharing, okay? Um, but uh, we, we need to be thinking about how uh, the Lord is moving in our lives and what you'd like to thank Him for, particularly this morning, okay? Now, look at Psalm 100. I want you to see, uh, first off, a psalm of thanksgiving. We'll just start there. I want you to see what that looks like, what it entails. 
But look at uh, Psalm 100. We'll just read all five verses. I've read this before. But um, what does it say in your Bible this is in the first part of verse 1? It's a psalm of praise, giving praise to God. Look at it in uh, the rest of it. We'll read it together. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Singing. It says, Know ye, and this is something he wants us to know, that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It says, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into his courts with what? With praise. And it says, uh, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Well, how do I bless God's name? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Okay? It says, for the Lord... Uh, what is he? He's good. And we, we could say that and read that. Is, is that something down in your heart? Can you really say the Lord is good and mean that? Okay. He is good. His mercy is how long? Everlasting. My gosh, we could just go home right now. But don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, and his truth endureth. You know, you know what? Some people think God... Uh, kind of ducked out of the picture, that he kind of shared some things with the people, and he's out. He's not doing anything anymore. What does that say? It says that the Lord's good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to how many generations? To all generations. Look, the church never disappeared. It was never apostate. It didn't need to be restored. God is faithful to all generations. Amen? Okay, so this psalm of thanksgiving uh, first off, let's cover just a couple of things about it. Um, first off, we are instructed by God's word to give thanks. You got that? So we, we're looking forward to Thanksgiving in a little over a week or so. And uh, the one thing we're doing is not just saying, hey, we have a general attitude of thanks and thanksgiving. Like, who are you thanking? We need to be thanking God for what's on our table and what's around our table and what's above our head, all right? If you're sitting down to a Thanksgiving meal, uh, we ought to first and foremost give him thanks. You are sitting there partaking of God's abundance to each of us. That's something to be thankful for, okay? Uh, So we are instructed to give thanks. Not only should we say thank you, Lord, but we are to be thankful toward him, verse 4 says. We're not just saying thank you with words, we ought to focus that upon the person of God. That's what verse 4 is talking about, okay? Uh, That's what I refer to. I've preached on this many times, but having the attitude of gratitude, right? There ought to be a general attitude within us to look to God and say thank you all the time, 24-7, all right? Because he is blessing us, minute by minute. How often do you bless him back and give praise to his name, right? Not like he does us, not like he's blessing us, and we don't do it in accordance with his goodness. Sometimes we're remiss, and not just me, but all of you as well. You're not spending the time as you should thanking him, okay? This attitude of gratitude is not just merely words, 
but it needs to be a way of life to us. Okay? That should be a way of life. Look at Psalm 105. Turn over uh, five chapters there. We're just going to read one through five on that one as well. There's, it's a longer uh, psalm, but we'll just read one through five. It says this, Oh, give what to the Lord? Thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Okay? Is, is God good? Is he doing good stuff? We should be able to say amen, and we ought to be able to categorically list all the ways God has manifested himself and done good deeds toward us. If you can't come up with nothing, then uh, maybe we ought to pray about that and see if there's something uh, in the past that God's blessed you with. Look at this. It says, sing unto him again. Sing psalms unto him. Uh, talk ye of his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. You seeking God this morning? You know what he says? Rejoice. Let your heart rejoice. Okay? It says, uh, seek ye the Lord and his strength. Seek his face. How long? Evermore. Continually. There ought to be a, a, a mindset and this attitude of gratitude we, where we are, the children of God, seeking the Lord's face perpetually, all the time. Because, see, our hope is that one day we will set eyes upon him. Right? Face to face. We're going to see the Lord one day in that same way. It says, remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Okay? We should realize that God doesn't owe us anything. All right? We don't do God a favor we're not actually giving anything to him that he didn't first give to us, right? You know, if you think about this governmentally, um, many times the government takes this position as though they're giving us something. Did we get a rebate from the government? You never have? Got a check from the government? They'll say a, a, a tax return. You ever get one of those? We shouldn't be sitting there going, thank you, government, thank you, IRS. No, they're just giving you back what you put in. That's your own money you're getting back. Right? Well, likewise, if we're giving to the kingdom of God, if we're sitting here and just uh, magnifying the, the gifts and goodness of God, we ought to realize you're not giving anything that he didn't first give you. Everything that's good comes from God. Okay? That's kind of what this psalm reminds us of. All right? This is... His blessing, this is His goodness, is purely from Him. We should be grateful even for the least thing, right? I think somebody uh, prayed a couple weeks back that we ought to be thankful for even every breath we're drawing. That's a gift of God, okay? All He's got to do to bring you home is to just stop giving you life. He doesn't have to kill you. He just has to stop giving it to you. Stop giving you the ability to, to endure, Okay, so we should, uh, we should realize he doesn't owe us anything. Um, this isn't a, a, a song of thanksgiving, but the Jews kind of have this song they sing, Dianu. Anybody familiar with that? Anybody? It's Dianu. I'm not going to sing it for you, but uh, there's 15 stanzas, and in this song, uh, after they say each thing, and it's in Hebrew, they would say Dianu. 
You know what dayanu means? It means it would have sufficed us, or it would have been enough, right? God, if you had only done this thing, this thing we're singing about. Let me give you the first five stanzas. You'll get the idea of it. But um, the first one is, if he had brought us out of Egypt only, right? If he'd only just taken us out of Egypt, Dianu, it would have been enough. But they sing this song. In other words, we're grateful. You didn't have to do all that stuff you did. If you'd only done each one of these things, that would have been enough. You know what he did next? It says, if he had executed justice upon the Egyptians, Dianu, it would have been enough. Then he goes to the third thing. If he had executed justice upon their gods, Dianu, it would have sufficed us. That would have been enough, God, if you had just declared those plagues, your justice on their gods. Then he says, if, if he had slain their firstborn, you know, they're not saying, man, we're really glad he killed their firstborn. No, it came to that. That was the only way that the Egyptians were going to let the Israelites go, particularly the Pharaoh. He had to kill their firstborn in order for them to say, okay, we surrender. That's, we don't want to fight this God. And the Jews saying, hey, if you'd only done that, killed their firstborn, executed them, die anew. That would have been enough. You have to keep going. And then the fifth thing, if he had given to us their health and their wealth. If you recall the children of Israel, they left Egypt as though they plundered it, as though they went in and conquered it. And people were like shoving gold and jewelry and stuff on them and said, just go. Don't come back. All right? And they left with so much wealth and riches, it was, the Bible says it was though as they plundered them. Okay? Went and beat them and, and wiped them out, and then took their stuff. And they're saying here, look, if he had just given to us their health and wealth, Diane knew. Would have been enough. What are you thanking God for that's in the least of those ways that you would have said, oh God, I am so grateful. If you'd only done that, that would have been enough. But you didn't just stop there. You did this, and then you did this, and then you did this, and this, and the list keeps going. See, there's ten more actual stanzas to that song. And all it's saying, it's just building one on top of the other. And you know what? You could take your life and you could begin to say all God has done. You know, there's a psalm that says, If I were to number the thoughts of God toward me, they would number more than the sand on the seashore. Do you realize that? You couldn't number them. If you think about all his goodness toward you and his thoughts toward you, you could sing Dianu all day long for the rest of your life, and you'd never touch upon all of it. That's how much he thinks on us. That's how grateful we ought to be when we realize, look, it's not because I'm worthy. It's not because I'm good enough. What grace and what mercy that is, right? Here's the second thing, okay? Our gathering together today, listen, it's mainly to give our God thanks through Jesus Christ by His Spirit. I want you to get that because, you know, a lot of people come to church with different ideas. And by the way, what I'm about to say here, all of us may have had all of these ideas or thoughts or uh, desires and actions 
at some time or another, and maybe some of those are true for us when? Right now, right? We come to church for various reasons. Um, you know, he's talking about blessing those who seek the, Lord, the Lord's face forevermore. But here's, here's some things that I put down. Um, you know, even though God didn't stop at rescuing uh, the, the Jews and giving commandments to them, but he went on to offer salvation to the rest of the world through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. So when we read a lot of this stuff in the psalm, that's how God dealt with the Jews. They were specific to the commandments. Well, what has he done for us, the non-Jew? Uh, much more than that. And, and when I say much more, I mean, he's done it unto them also. But see, they had this covenant that was looking forward to Christ. But once Christ came, he says, now everybody else, get in here. Everybody else besides my children Israel, I'm going to make you sons and daughters as well. And I'm going to do it through Jesus. What are we gathered together for? We are gathered together to give thanks unto God for his son. All right? And by the way, this wasn't haphazard. It was his plan all along. Uh, in the book of Romans, listen, chapter 15, Paul reminds the church of these specific prophecies. I'm going to give you some. This is in uh, Romans 15, starting in verse 8. He says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. That's Jews, right? They're the, they're the people marked by circumcision. This uh, Romans 15, 8. I'll let you turn there if you're looking for it. He said he was a, Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. All right. I'll let everybody get there. I'm, I'm glad you're turning the page. I'll wait on that all day long. I'd rather you see that with your own eyeballs. Okay? Uh, let me read it again. Now I say, this is Paul speaking to the church at Rome. He's writing to them. He says, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Look at verse 9. And that the Gentiles, who are the Gentiles? The non-Jews, the not-Jews, okay? And to the Gentiles, uh, or that the Gentiles, might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice ye Gentiles with whom? With his people, uh, meaning the Jews. And it says, And again, Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. Let me stop there for a minute. Does anybody know what laud means? Praise? That's a good word. What else? Acclaim? Look. It's in this word. Everybody knows it. If we do this, what do we call that? Applaud. Laud. We, we clap. We give thanks to the Lord, right? We, applaud, we laud him, right? And it says, all ye people. Look at verse 12. And again, Isaiah saith, Isaiah, that's Isaiah, uh, saith, uh, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he uh, that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles... In him shall the Gentiles trust. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus, right? Now the good of hope fill you with all joy 
and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. All right? So the Lord's Day is not a day of recreation. It's not a day to take off so you can get your camping done, so you can go fishing for, for you to go hike and look. I'm not being critical if you do that. All right? Uh, you're not a wretched sinner because you took a Sunday off or a weekend and you went and did those things. I'm not talking about that. What I'm trying to talk about is why we're here today. What is your motive? What brought you here? Right? Why are you gathered together in this place? What well, ought to be to give God praise? It ought to be to give God thanks collectively, individually. We ought to be applauding Him and lauding Him. And we ought to be grateful above everything else. That's what we gather together for, okay? I don't, I don't want to hear about, well, you know, I went camping because, look, I hear people say this, and it's kind of like, okay, fine. But they'll say, look, my church is, I go up in the woods, and I just appreciate nature and God's creation. I do this and that. That's, that was my church this weekend. You know what? Uh, I get the sentiment, but that ain't church. That's you enjoying God's creation as though he's worshiping you. Look, church is, hey, get my people together, and let's with one voice extol his name and give praise and thanks as his people. That's what church is. It's, it's not about going out there and, hey, I had, I had the whole lake to myself. God was just blessing me. I was in his church. Listen, that ain't church. We ought to understand that. So don't come off with that kind of stuff. Don't, don't make it seem like you did God a favor by not coming here this morning and went somewhere and cast a line and you got some, some beautiful trout. Hey, great, but that's not church. And we need to just know the difference. We're not gathered together in here because somehow we're doing God this favor. We ought to be gathered together humbly with the mindset of thanks and thanksgiving and praise Him and worship Him and just give Him glory. Do you understand that's why He gave you the day off? So that you had one day out of seven to come and give Him glory. It wasn't so that you could get a second day off. Hey, behold the weekend. Look, I got Saturday and Sunday out in the woods. No, that's not what it's about. Uh, uh, you know, and look, by the way, I want you to hear me on this. Everybody listening, say amen. amen. It's not that you did some religious service because you came to church and listened to me either. You got that? So it's equally bad to go out to the woods and say, oh yeah, I worship God in nature. All right? That's bad. But it's also bad if you think, well, you know what? I came in, and I did my religious service, and I listened to that pastor speak. I said amen, I think, three times. And I even gave when the offer. So what? Really, like, so what? Did you come with a heart of thanksgiving? Did you come with a life on the altar that said, thank you, God, for saving me? I mean, we're singing it. Do you mean it? Right? Do you understand? Look, this isn't about... Oh, yeah, he set you apart so we could fill up some chair up in here. That he set you apart so that you could just come here and do him some favor. 
not doing God any favors if you didn't come with the heart of thanksgiving. You're not doing God any favors if your life's not a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, and on the altar of God. You're not doing him any favor. He saved you. You be thankful to him. You give him praise. You come and give, both out of your pocketbook, out of your heart, out of your mind, out of your mouth. Give God some praise. Okay? That's what this day is about. This is what he's doing. It's a day of rest in him. See? I want you to understand that. You're not getting rest just because you got the day off. The rest is in Jesus. And if you're not in Jesus, you're not even resting. Well, I took the day off. I didn't even do anything. I kicked my feet up. I watched the Pro Bowl. Oh, good. Uh, have you rested today? Have you rested in Christ? Did you give him thanks? Did you think on him? Did you seek him today? No, I just stayed home. I said, thanks for giving me the day off. No, it's not the same. You see? But I want you to understand, I'm not trying to guilt you into coming into church either. Look, I'm not trying to manipulate you to, to make you think that somehow if you came to church, kudos to you, you did a better thing than going camping. I told you, equally they're bad. We ought to have come with the right attitude, an attitude of thanksgiving. We entered his, his courts with thanksgiving. We came here as though alone, but with the whole body of Christ. That, that's what we should be doing, okay? Um, I, I'll share uh, the third point with you, and then we're going to have a time of sharing. So be thinking in, in the background of your mind what you might want to share. And look, we may not get a chance to get everybody in, but we'll share until a little after uh, 12 or something, then we'll have an invitation. But I want you to hear this third thing, okay? Our gathering is not a religious gathering, but it's a gathering of one acknowledgement. We're acknowledging him and what he's done, all right? Number two, it's a gathering of proclamation. We proclaim something when we get together. You're about to do it yourselves. You're invited to proclaim what God's done, and to proclaim your thanksgiving, and to proclaim him, not yourself, all right? And here's the third thing, we praise him. You know, we, I think for Travis, in fact, I don't think, I know for Travis, praise is a bigger deal than anything else we're talking about this morning. It's what God raised him up to do and to lead, that we would follow his lead and together with one voice give God praise. That's what he's leading. That's what his team is leading us to do. All right? Now, I may praise God. I may get up here and give a message that is concrete, buried in the truth here. But I'm telling you, my focus is on proclaiming the word of God. Travis's focus and the team that's up here leading in worship, their focus is giving God praise. That we don't look anywhere else. That we're not praising other gods. That we look solely to him and we're thankful as we sing. Sometimes people are like, they're wooden. Like you could just carve a, a, a facsimile of them and just stand them there during worship. 
They're not looking around. That's not praise. And praise him. Let out of your mouth confession and praise and proclamation be made and acknowledge him, the one who rescued your soul from the pit. If you can't do that, you got a heart problem. Well, I don't sing very well, Pastor. Look, take the voice you got, as sorry as it is, and you shout him from the rooftop. I can't sing either, but I give God praise. And you know what? That's, a, that's something that had to develop in me. I used to stand around and be judgmental and go, look at these stupid people singing. What's wrong with them? I was new to church. Looking around like... And then one day God got a hold of me and says, you hear that? You hear the sound of praise? Where's your praise? Where's your thankfulness? Where's your gratitude toward me for what I've done? I'm like, hmm. Amazing grace, right? I'm singing with him. Now I open my mouth. I give him praise because let me tell you something. It's not about how good your voice is. It's about how grateful you are. You grateful? Start singing. In fact, we ought to be able to leave here and say, man, that guy was singing. He was singing. He was giving it his all. Look, it, it's not, it's not uh, some religious gathering. Turn, if you will, uh, I hope you're still uh, marking Psalms, but go to Psalm 43, okay? We're, we're, there's a lot about thanksgiving and gratitude and all that and just focusing upon the Lord in the psalm, uh, in the psalms, which means songs. These, a lot of them David wrote, and David was a musician. He was a songwriter. He sang these songs. I'm like, what a treasure trove of ways to, to sing and extol God's name. You know, by the way, if you're ever depressed, you're ever down, you're ever going through a hard time, just bury your face in the psalms. And look at David's cry to the Lord. Look at how those things lifted his countenance, took him from the, the depth of despair and made him look at God's glory. And you know what? There was no more despair. There was no more depression. All he did was the light flooded him and he was able to just give God glory. You know, your problems will look a lot smaller in the glory of God's light. Learn how to do that. Learn to go to the Psalms. Okay, look at uh, 43. We'll just look at verses 3 through 5, okay? It says this. It says, uh, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill, into thy tabernacles, right? And it says, Then will I go unto the altar of God. See, then I'm going to give when my heart's right. When, when my sacrifice is prepared, then I'm ready to go to the altar of God. And it says, unto God my exceeding joy, yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Isn't that good? Man, that's good. He says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou uh, disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet Praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Man, how come I'm, I'm just not mentally healthy? Why, why am I so down? Why am I always depressed? 
Why is everything so dark? Man, look at God and praise Him. And what does He do? He lifts your countenance. He raises your chin. Anybody believe that? Anybody here do that? I'll tell you what. All of us are going to have dark days. We may have them right now. But I would tell you, look to God. Okay? Give Him some glory. All right, take another look. Turn over to Psalm 51. Everybody should be familiar with this psalm. This is uh, the psalm of David. Okay? This is after the, Nathan, Nathan, uh, the prophet Nathan came up and gut-checked him over this thing with Bathsheba. And he was down. He was, he was in despair. He realized his sin before God. He, he beat himself up. He couldn't even lift his face to God. He not only suffered mentally, he suffered physically somehow. He was afflicted, both in his body, in his soul. Look what he says. Take a look at uh, verses 12 through 15 particularly. He said this, and get this one, we say it all the time. We always say, uh, restore unto me the joy of what? We always say, my salvation. What does the Bible say? Thy. Thy salvation. Look, you don't have any salvation you're trusting in, but his. Return unto me, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. You know, when we all got saved, we had a joy unspeakable. We knew our sins were forgiven. They were past. We knew that we were going to glory. We knew Jesus had done it, and we were filled with joy and rejoicing, and we could have spoken of that all day long, every day. In fact, we did that to the point where we were a nuisance to others. And then we tried to live until that began to uh, dim a little bit, and then we started being quiet. And then we started maybe to allow a little sin back in, a little darkness back in. Well, a little bit won't hurt. Yeah, it will. And that affected our countenance. Hey, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He says, and uphold me with thy, with thy free spirit. He says, then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver from me blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Well, you can't even write that stuff. That's good. Look at this last verse. O Lord, open thou my lips. You open my mouth. And my mouth shall show forth thy praise. You know, that psalm's so good, but I wonder how many of us is that characteristic of. I wonder how many of us, when we're talking to people at work, to family members, I wonder if your mouth is open and praise of God is coming out. Did you open your mouth to do that? Is he working that in your heart? Is there a grateful heart? Is there a thankful heart? Is there a heart of acknowledgement, proclamation? Are you a witness for God's goodness? Because that's what we're supposed to be. That's what the scripture tells us we ought to be. All right? Here's the last one. And turn back to Psalm 22. This is known as a crucifixion psalm. If you ever read that, you're just looking at uh, a, a front side, you know, front row a look at Jesus' crucifixion. That's what Psalm 22 is about. Okay, we're just going to look at verses 22 and 23 just for a minute. 
It says this, you know, and this, this is both speaking of Jesus and ought to be speaking of Jesus in us. But it says, I will declare thy name unto the brethren in the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. See, and I remind you again, there's people in the midst of our congregation that aren't singing when worship's going on, when praise is going on, when we ought to be thanking God. It's not even coming out of our mouth. Now, look, I understand there are times where I have to quit singing because to do so, I'm going to be a weeping mess on the floor. There are times, I don't know how the worship team even sings songs. There are times where we're singing and it's like a knife in the heart. And it's like, that is so true and so good. I got to stop singing because if that next word comes out of my mouth, I'm falling apart. And I have to pull it back. Nothing wrong with that, except I'm going to preach in a second. And it's going to be really hard to do that if I let go. Okay? So there are times I'll just fall apart on my own bedroom floor in my own time of prayer. Okay? But that ought to be true of every one of us. But uh, look what it says here in verse 22, 23. He says, uh, not only will I declare thee in the midst of the congregation and praise thee, he says, ye that fear the Lord praise him. He says, all ye, the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all ye, the seed of Israel. Now that's true of Israel, but you know what? The Bible calls us also Israel. We're the engrafted branch. Is there application to us? Absolutely. We're children of, of Israel. We're children of the faith. We're sons of Abraham, therefore sons of Jacob, in a sense. Okay? Not according to the flesh. All right? Now let me just cap off a few things, and then we'll have a quick time of sharing. But first off, uh, when we talk about, about truth and we talk about uh, praising God and acknowledging Him, look, we're not talking about some religious ritual. Get that. A lot of people will speak in terms about the church as being religious. I get the meaning. I understand it. But you know, ours is not some religious ritual whereby we just say some things and go to a certain place and we do the same motions and somehow that saves us. It's not religious and ritualistic like that, okay? It's not about ritual. It's not about rites. It's not some rigid form that we follow. It's not about doing that. It's not about some form of repetition and rote where we say the same thing. We do the same thing week in, week out. We just keep doing that, all right? We're talking about a relationship that's vibrant, that's we depend on the Lord for all that we have, and as a result of Him showing up in our lives, we respond with gratitude and praise, and we're humble, and we're like, we don't, even, we don't even deserve that. And yet He's so good. See, this is what we ought to be, right? Uh, second thing, we're to be gathered in love and in truth in the Holy Ghost. You know, when I talk about love and truth, we're not, we're not talking about what's true to Kaye. We're not, we're not talking about what's true to, to Doug, who teaches the Scripture, or anybody else in here. We're talking about what God's truth is in the Bible, both revealed, both declared by Him, both that embody Jesus Christ. We are not talking about, well, I just feel like such and such about the Scripture. Who cares? 
No, seriously, who cares? Like as though what you believe somehow validates Scripture and truth. What if you're wrong? What if I'm wrong? See, what matters is what God's declared. Let me give you an example of how important truth is, okay? We'll have a time of sharing. I'll let this sit with you for a second. But um, this is the danger of following some faith or some practice that's false. So some of you may have read the story, but in 2012, in Mumbai, in India, a statue of Jesus began to uh, drip water. Water began flowing from the toes of the statue. And people began collecting it anointing one another, blessing one another, some drinking it for healing, and what have you. Okay? They, they bottled it up, they took it home, but like I said, they were drinking it, and they believed this is holy water. This is a miracle of the living God. One particular writer that was from the newspaper, uh, a journalist, he like, no, we need to investigate this a little bit further. It was in the Catholic Church. And so he began to investigate, and he grabbed some engineers, and they hunted down the source of this water. Like, where is this coming from? You know what they figured out? Is that behind the cross was a wall, and what happened was the, the water source was coming through the wall and down the cross and dripping uh, out of the feet of this Jesus statue and then they realized that this water that they had been drinking, that they had believed was a miracle, was actually the result of a stopped-up toilet in the adjacent building. You know, if you're not a pastor, you don't look at that and go, hmm, hmm. Because to me, what I see is sometimes what people call truth, what they see as their religion, is no different than this spiritually, metaphorically speaking. They're drinking toilet water, thinking it's the miracle of God, instead of digging for the truth and finding out what the truth is. And so if we're going to be thankful, we ought to have it at least rooted in the truth of God's glory. Amen? So with that, I'm going um, to pray. We're going to give God thanks, and then we're going to pass a microphone around just, just for a few minutes. And then, if you could, keep it brief. We're not trying to hog the microphone. There may be several people that want to share what they're grateful for this season, what God's doing, how His grace is being manifest in their life, in their family's life, and just share that. And, and let's give God praise together. Let's, let's laud Him. Let's applaud Him. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Father God, we just are truly grateful, Lord. And as we enter this time of sharing, Father, we just, we just praise you for your truth. We praise you for your spirit, and Lord, that you are ever-present with us. Uh, Lord, that you should be glorified, that you should be extolled, and your name blessed and magnified in this congregation. Lord, not only here, let that be the fruit of our lips. Let that be the words of our mouth. Lord, we pray that you would open our mouth that we would declare you for your glory, for your goodness. Let us extol the deeds and the works, mighty works that you've done, not only in our life, but Lord, as we read from the scripture, 
what a, what a joy it is to be known as the children of God. Lord, let us rejoice in that. Father, let us this morning have grateful hearts because of what you've done. And Father, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.